to just another episode of Mike Will Financial. Um, took a little hiatus, going to be honest with y'all. We had a had a Super Bowl in between. Hope everybody enjoyed the game. Before we dive into it, do want to give a quick shout-out to the man, the myth, the legend himself, L Dollars. Guy's an absolute savage with editing out our fuck-ups on the pod, so we greatly appreciate that, man. We owe you a bottle of booze of your choice. Um, but hey, listen, for episode two, what we want to talk about today, a uh, couple different things, right? First one, uh, scaling in and out of different investments, different positions. Uh, another thing is when, when to take profit, right? Um, and then we'll obviously round it out again with our pick for the week uh, and kind of go from there. Um, I think honestly, like keeping it high level before we go ahead and really dive into the thick of things, this is a really important topic for everybody to know, whether you're Warren Buffett, uh, or if you're Jimmy Buffett, not to quote Matt McConaughey, but, um, you know, whether you're just starting out or you've been doing this for your whole life, um, this is something that everybody can and will continue to use on a day-to-day basis. And, um, I'm excited to hear these guys kind of talk about how they do it and then share how I do it as well. Um, and then, you know, ultimately again, try and help as many people as we can. So what's up guys. I'm back. Uh, we're back actually. Uh, how was your boys' Super Bowl? Honestly, it was terrible. There's, I'm the biggest Tom. I'm the biggest Tom Brady hater in the world. I cannot stand the guy. So that entire Super Bowl pissed me off, man. I can't. I, don't like I him put, either, but I put. Mo- I had money on the Kansas City Chiefs, and I had never been so confident in my life. I'm like, there ain't no way that I'm gonna lose these bets. Kansas, it, I, it didn't even matter whether it was you know Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Like I was so confident in Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because I just thought that their offense is just unstop- too unstoppable for anybody in the, in the NFL. And then sure enough, you know, that's what overconfidence gets you sometimes, gets you bit in the ass. So Wait, hang enjoy. on, though. Hang on, hang on. Can we talk about how the fu- – before we before we talk money and talk stocks, can we talk about how the fucking weekend played Starboy first? Bro, I bet one time a year, one time a year, and I picked Starboy, motherfucker. I am one and oh. One and oh, that's all I got. Just say. stop. One just, and just, oh, just retire your gambling career. That just retire. I hung yeah. the cleats up a long time ago, baby. One and oh, I was fucking lit when that shit came up. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even lie, man. Ever since, because like, obviously, you hear songs, but then like you hear them live, or, you know, you go to a concert sometimes and you hear it live. And like, ever since I heard him perform Starboy, I've been listening to that song nonstop. And I'll be like walking around the house or I'm at the grocery store, I'm at the gym, and I'll just be like, I'm a motherfucking star boy. <laughs> like, no, bro, it's true though, bro. I was fucking nothing. Actually, my favorite I, uh, song ever now. <laughs> I, up, I uploaded a, a gym picture the other day and I actually captioned it. Star boy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Song's fired. It is, uh, bro. No, no, no bullshit. That's my favorite song ever now. It's gonna be my yeah, most bet. listened to next year when when that rap shit comes out at the end of the year. That's gonna be my top song. <laughs> Those are the top the top ten Spotify. I think it is. Yeah, bro. Quote me on that. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> so talking about Starboy, who is the fucking Starboy in the market this week? Great question. I don't Honestly, know. 
today was no. better question who wasn't the star boy because yeah. i feel like no matter what what stock you threw money into it was it was running whether it was weed plays bitcoin plays like honestly as long as you had a heartbeat and you had a few dollars to put on a stock like you made money yeah yeah no i i completely agree completely agree with you um, so it was honestly looking was looking at the charts and the patterns, dude. Everything looks so overextended, but it's still running. So that that's a great sign for the market that pe- that people are still investing. That uh, the retail market isn't dying after the AMC and uh, GameStop pump. So that was a great sign. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And what was AMC was trading up like fourteen percent pre market today. And then corrected itself and kind of shit the bet again back down to normal levels. Did I see that correctly? Yeah, um, I think so. I think so. Um, I know it had some movement on it. I'm not sure of really what it did. That's kind of I wasn't really watching that too much today. Yeah, it did actually. It gapped up today. Damn, look at that. What it closed at? It closed at so right now it's trading at five. 67 after hours so closed out at 565 so not much movement um yeah so diving deeper into the whole taking profit when should you take profit um are you bag holding stuff like that probably the most quest the most talked about question that we get in our dms and our messages and our texts um is should we sell a stock if it's up or down what like what do we do that's probably the worst question we've ever we ever want to see and ever want to answer because if we could tell the future, we'd tell you to sell and tell you to hold. But we fucking can't. Um, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Donnie Diamonds could definitely go back and uh, and say that and same and same thing with Mike Will. Um, we get these questions on the daily, but in reality, you want to take profit what's most comfortable for you. If that's a dollar side and if that's a percent. Um, or you don't, and you also don't want to bag hold as well. So you want to go into, um, into taking stop losses into taking trailing stops, just in case if your position does fall out, if the capital gets raided, like one of my plays did, um, that you're not caught holding the bag and taking that huge chunk of loss, um, in that sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree completely. Um, honestly, like when, when I get that question, it, it makes me want to kind of do a backflip off my balcony um, on the fourth floor, uh, to be completely honest. But um, I get it, right? I mean, everybody's looking for for a direction. Everybody's looking for a way. Um, and the answer that I typically give, and again, none of us here are, are financial advisors and we're not your financial advisors, so do your own research. But um, I, I usually tell them, and it's pretty universal advice, is like, hey, are you comfortable with the profit you made? And if the answer is yes, then you answered your own question, right? Should I sell it? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm comfortable with the profit I made. Uh, if the answer is no, then you have a decision to make. And that decision is only solely made by you. I can't make it for you. Red Dot can't make it for you. Mike Will can't make it for you. But <clears throat> the fact remains, right, is that, you know, if you're comfortable with what you've done and what the profit you've turned, then take your profit and find the next one. There's no reason to to sit and be attached to it is on to the next. So that's the game. That's the game that we're playing. And that's the game that we, uh, that we come to know and love. And I think, I think kind of, uh, uh, too, is like I say, I, I'll put it in the chat sometimes is, you know, buy, buy, if you look at a stock and you're sad, 
chances are you should buy. So if you look at a stock and you're happy, then chances are, you know, don't buy, but maybe consider taking some profit. And, um, <clears throat> but so the thing with that too, is I feel like, um, you know, people that I know just, they get, they get attached to stocks and they marry stocks and, you know, like, I, I feel like, S all right, so I'll use SNDL just because that's a perfect example. And, you know, uh, less than a week ago, it ran up pretty much in a week from 80 cents to, I think, I want to say, what was it, Wednesday pre-market? I think it was that hit $4.50. And, like, people still ask, should they sell? Yo, like, eight, you bought the stock, which, if you were in the in our Facebook group, like, we, we had mentioned the SNDL way before 80 cents. But say you bought at 80 cents. Like that stock is at $4.50. You are, you know, depending how much you are, you know, the exact price point you bought or the exact, um, you know, if you bought at 80 cents, if you bought it even at $2, if you were late to the train, like you still made money on that trade. Like at that point, you're up 200, 300, 400%. Like don't ask if you should take profit or you should hold because like from 80 cents to 450, that's a pretty substantial move, especially in, uh, you know, such a short amount of time. Like it, it, that move was within a week. Um, so I just think it's, I think it's knowing the stock, uh, knowing, you know, if, are you, are you bag holding SNDL or are you bag holding Tesla? If you're bag holding, you know, if you're holding bag holding uh, SNDL from 450, you might want to cut some losses. You know, that, that may be something you consider, but if you're bag holding Tesla, like, I, I, I think you're going to be all right. Like you ain't going to worry about that. You know, Tesla's yeah. going to be fine. And, and one of the other things too, that I think is important to kind of make mention of is, you know, and I'm sure the other two gentlemen on that are, you know, facilitating this conversation can probably agree with me, right? Is you never want to go into a stock play blind. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you're doing your research and, you, and you're figuring out, okay, what's a good entry point? What's not a good entry point, right? You have an idea as to what you personally want that stock to get to when you buy in, right? So like, let's say you get in at eight, an $8 stock, um, in your own mind, you're saying, okay, shit, like 15 would be fresh. Like I want this bitch to get to 15, but if it gets to 12, right. You're still making a lot of money on that. Right. So I think it's important to, to kind of go into it, having a target price in whether it's a target price from an analyst or not, right. Um, your own target price that's realistic and makes sense. And then kind of gauge your, gauge your risk and manage your risk from there. If it flirts with it, then chances are, then you're, you're, you're happy and you're going to hammer the sell. But if it's not, then Again, that's your decision to make. Right. And going off of you, that that number in your head where you see you feel comfortable of taking profit there, you also got to look at the downside. So how much are you willing to risk for your risk reward ratio? Obviously, everybody wants a high risk to reward ratio, little to no risk to insane rewards. Um, there are some trades in the market that are like that, but not everything is like it. Kind of very rare. Um, depending on which sectors it is, what news is coming out, um, everything behind it. But you don't want to bag hold like SNDL, for example. You don't want to bag hold it from 450 and watch it go all the way down to 80 cents. So is it going to go down to 80 cents? Maybe. I don't. Nobody really knows. Um, the weed sector is looking incredibly hot right now, so that is a great sign. With um, with some mergers and uh, hopefully the legal, the legalization co uh, goes through um, with the democratic president and stuff. But looking at the risk to reward again, if you're going to hold that 450 to 80 cents, that's a lot. That that's a big loss, considering if you have 
a crazy amount of shares. If you have a couple of shares, like I don't want to say any numbers, but a couple of shares, depending on your account, and it's a long, it's a very long-term hold. Maybe bag holding is kind of in your favor and where you can add in. If you're adding into a position, completely different than just watching your profits, watching your uh, your investments getting swept swept away from you under the rug. And and understand too that opportunity cost is a real thing. So like you have to you have to think to yourself, okay, well, is letting sit in one stock that just hasn't done nothing for the past month or, you know, it's, it's trending down or it's trending sideways. So is holding that particular stock that you you mentioned the risk to reward ratio is the reward outweighing like that particular moment. So like, are you essentially the opportunity cost idea? Are you essentially costing yourself money in another area well for example like like the weed sector that's hot right now and maybe this uh this particular um uh, this holding that isn't doing nothing for you say it's in a healthcare sector so is it worth holding in a healthcare sector where you can move this money right over to uh, a weed sector you know weed's hot you know weed's running and you can essentially maybe get half your money back right away or get your, all your money back within like a, a very, a very short amount of time. Um, and then at, at a later point, just buy back in. Cause like, I think that's, that's a, that's a big thing too, is like, okay, like if, if you are, if, if you do play a trade good and you know, you're up 50% on a trade, you're up a hundred percent on a trade, sell some shares, it's like start to scale out, you know, whether, whether it, you know, sell half your position or, um, you know, sell all your position because like, like I mentioned, like stocks always dip. So like I can, uh, I, I can buy a stock at $2. It shoots to $5. I time it perfect. I sell it at $5. Then the very next day it drops down to $4. Well, instead of just holding those shares the whole time, I locked in profit at $5 and I can just rebuy it back at $4 and just ride that wave right back up. Yeah, no, I, exactly. I agree. I think there's no better uh, example of that, Mikey, right? Is, and not just of that what you're just talking about, but you know, nice. kind of differing opinions as well, right? And that's you know what makes the podcast and the market so great, frankly, is that you know two people who are speaking to one another right now can have different opinions and different investing philosophies and still make money and still do well. Um, what was it? It was with UWMC, right? When you sold for a loss based on, based on your own risk and your own opportunity cost, and then took that and put it directly into AMC right before the pump and made your money back tenfold. Right. Whereas me um, and people that I live with and speak directly to every day, we're still holding it. Um, probably smaller position, right. Maybe got into the lower price, added more average down, whatever. Um, but again, it, it, it made sense for him. Didn't make sense for me. And we're just going to ride the wave and, and see how it works. Add on dips, continue to average down and be confident in the initial idea that you had and, and, and ride it out for as long as you can without bankrupting yourself, which is that, an exaggeration. But, that, but that, that's a perfect example though, because like yeah. I, I, I was so high and I still am high on UWMC 
And it's just sometimes stocks just don't work out the way you want to or in the time period you want them to. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that I bought every single dip on UWMC. I thought I was buying the bottom every time I made a purchase. Before you know it, I have a very large amount of shares. But then before you know it, I'm also down a very large amount of money. And like you said, I was like, you know what? I can't I, at this point like that. That opportunity cost just doesn't make sense no more. I'm going to try something else. Like you said, I put the money on AMC and, you know, everything worked out great. I regained or recouped all my money within uh, the next day. Uh, do I believe in UWMC? Yes. You, I mean, it, I even their, their earnings reports, uh, the CEO rang the bell on merger. Um, he had an interview on CNBC the same day. Uh, like I just I just said, but the, the earning reports was great. I mean, I just I don't understand why we haven't seen more of a uh, price fluctuation or price increase on the UWMC. I, just, I mean, I don't know if it's just uh, like a, I, I feel like it's more of like a SPAC trend, essentially, because I feel like the last three major SPACs that people were like really, really high on, which in my opinion, you guys might think different, but I feel like the the popular ones are UWMC, Locks, and Clove. If you really look at them, like from their mer- or pre-mergers, they all had run-ups. Post-mergers, they, they seem to be just trending either flatline or down even on good news. Um, I mean, I know, I know lots today had a pretty good day, but I mean, Mm -hmm. it's still not trading at the levels that it was before merger. Same thing with UWMC, same thing with Clove. So, I mean, sometimes just stocks don't work out in the, in the time period that you want them to. They're still good stocks. I mean, I still believe that they'll be fine, but sometimes like we mentioned, it's just opportunity cost. Yeah. We could, we could even throw FSR in the mix. Fisker. FSR. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's like that a one. prime example of that's vintage. Yeah, everybody buy into it. Every, everybody get into this, get into this. Then the merger happens and it shits the bed. Yep. I think um, I think uh Nicola, the NKLA, I just feel like that essentially ruined SPACs for a lot of people because I mean, obviously, uh when that was VTIQ, I think that was trading at about nine or ten dollars. And then once it merged, it I think it hit a high of ninety-four dollars. So I feel like Nicola kind of messed up the FSR play altogether because I think FSR was the next electric vehicle after uh, NKLA. So everyone had like these unrealistic expectations of it. So I don't know if that as a whole kind of attracted, you know, more short sellers and, you know, things to that extent, or I don't know. Yeah, it could, but you, you don't know. And that's like the market too, in general, where you can't really tell the future. You can have all your stars line up and, Something just doesn't go your way, but that's the key to having an opportunity cost. Of yep. How much of this position are you really, or do you really want to lose in order to gain X amount? Um, for example, uh, if you even take, because I know my my thing this year was turning $100 into $100,000. Um, to make that happen and go full in, in every single position using that entire, my, my entire portfolio, it only takes 38, 20% moves to go from $100 into $100,000. Nothing crazy. I mean, 20%, it's, there's daily movers that are 20% easily. Um, are they hard to get out there? Yeah, I mean, everything is hard in the market. Nobody can tell the future. But everything's attainable. Profit is attainable if you have a set number out there. Um, when I first started, uh, I, I used numbers, for example. I always wanted to make $100 a day, $100 a day. That, that was my goal. Until that hundred dollars a day turned into a hundred dollar losses a day, two hundred dollar losses a day. So instead of creating a monetary value, and I don't know if um, if 
both of you guys are, are like that too. I use percents. So everything that I use is all percents because if let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars in in your account, one percent of that, that's what a hundred a hundred bucks, right? If I did that math right, one thousand. Yeah, it's a that, genome. That, yeah, a, th- a, a thousand bucks. We'll cut that part so, out. We're not mad. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, run, run that part. Run that part. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a thousand bucks. If you make a thousand bucks and that's one percent and that was your golden play, who cares? If, you're, so if I, you have a hundred bucks and you make 20% on that, that's a phenomenal trade. That's, that's, a, that's 20 bucks, but it's still 20% of your money that you're actually learning with. Yeah. I think so. I think that's important too. Go no, I was going to say, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say that kind of transitions pretty seamlessly to, to how to scale out of different plays and how to kind of, you know, again, manage your own risk and, and take profit when you see fit. Right. Like, like what, uh, like what Rendon had said, right. Is, you know, he looks at it as percents. I look at his dollar amounts and, you know, it, it teach his own, I guess. But if you can get yourself up $100 or $500 or $1,000 in one trade or one position, then again, you go into it with that goal. Um, and then you kind of just continue to take your profit. Okay, good. Lock that in, take the profit. Lock that in, take the profit. Use a threshold, right? Um, and by that point, you go ahead, you make your money on that trade. Um, and before you know it, you only have profit that's left is in that position. And then you can take that principle and move it somewhere else. Um, that's one of the things that I like to do. That's one of the yeah, biggest things personal. in my opinion. It's just whatever works for you. I use percent. Donnie uses dollars. It's pretty much whatever whatever you want. You got to personalize your own trade. Don't, don't try to be someone that you're not. You got to make it personal. And I think, I think kind of off that too, it's just like, it's sweet. like take positions in stocks that you're confident in. So like, I know when, when I knew when I first started, like, you know, I mean, I, I was looking everywhere for, you know, you know, help trying to find stocks to buy, you know, what should I do? And like, I just feel like to an extent that hurt me because I felt like I needed to have my hand in every single cookie jar I thought I saw. So I, I, I found that like the more stocks that I try and pay attention to, the more, you know, trouble essentially I get myself into because like uh, I'm trying to watch this and trying to watch that, this, 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 because I, I have like that, you know, that FOMO. But in reality, if you just stick to what you're confident in, like if you just trade two or three stocks and you go really, really heavy, you'll see that you have so much more success. Because like if you go, if I go into 10 stocks to be profitable, I'm going to need to get at least, you know, what, probably maybe six, seven, right, depending on, you know, how big my positions are. But if I go into, you know, two, three stocks heavy, like just the, the chances of you being right, essentially, are easier because you're buying what you're confident in, you're swinging what you're confident in. And I, I feel like for me right now, those stocks, some of those stocks include FUBU and DraftKings. I'm so heavy in FUBU and so heavy in DraftKings that like I don't even, those stocks are, aren't even like in the back of my mind because like I'm so confident. Like I'm not worried about losing money. Even if these stocks go down four or five dollars in a day, like it's literally it's whatever. Like we're good because I know long term, like those stocks will go up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. price uh, price entry point, uh, price entries and price exit points are extremely important too, especially when you start accumulating a lot of shares, um, because you know if you if you look at it, if 
you know, you're at a hundred, if you have a hundred dollars, or I'm sorry, if you have a hundred shares, each penny that a share increases or decreases is a dollar. If you have a thousand shares, each penny increase or, or decrease is $10. So if you, you know, if it, a penny, 10 cents don't sound like a lot, but when you times that by a hundred, you times that by a, a, a thousand shares that you have, if you sell 10 cents too early, five cents too early, you just cost yourself $50. You cost yourself a hundred dollars. So like, you know, position sizing, uh, position sizing as a whole is, um, is extremely um, important. Oh, and, and it's just, it's okay not to take a position. Like if, if you have, if the stock, if the stock is trading at $5 and 30 cents on the day, but you're, you don't want to pay five thirty, it has a little bit of run up on the day set a limit, uh, a limit order at like $5. You know what, if it doesn't get filled, oh, well, like you don't need to always be in stocks. Like there, there's always another play. So even if, you know, a stock is running crazy, don't have that fear, that fear of missing out. Don't have buyer's remorse. Just literally just move on to the next play. You don't have to play everything all the time. Yeah. And I think that's a good, good topic to bring up too, because, you know, there's a lot of, not just buyer's remorse, but seller's remorse too, right? Uh, I was yeah. actually having conversation with my dad the other day and he uh he had tilray the weed stock when it was like three dollars a share something stupid and he sold it when it was at like 18 um before the weed crash last week it was at like 70 and he texted me and was like dude what the fuck and i'm like dad listen man like you set a target in your head you sold it at that target you should be happy move on to the next one you, you, you can't like i mean listen, i'm guilty of it i'm sure Sure, we're all guilty of it at some point, right? I looked at Pen, for example. I had Pen when it was eleven dollars, sold it at thirty. Now it's over a hundred, right? Like that hurts a little bit when I look at it, but it's the name of the game. Again, can't get bogged down on it. On to the next one. I made my money on it. It's time to roll. Yeah, the market's always going to be here tomorrow. So why why do you have to press to always get into a position now? There's no position there. You don't have to get into anything. Just like uh, my, like I said. Because and and like from the I, I'm coming up on uh, uh, on about a year trading like you know pretty seriously, and what I've noticed now today more than ever is if you don't get your price entry today, you don't get it tomorrow, you don't get it on Friday, you're probably gonna get it next week. Like I just feel like at some point the price entry that I want always hits. The market dumps. Something happens in the news or, you know, uh, the capital gets raided that caused stocks to plummet. Uh, you know, some bill didn't pass, uh, stimulus didn't pass. Something something is always going to affect the price of stocks and they're always going to dip. That if you're patient, you'll get what you want anyway. Don't ever feel like you have to chase, even if you don't get the stock the day, the week, or even the month that you want it, you know? So we've, we've all been in the same boat Um Look at SNDL. I was in SNDL probably a week before it happened, and I just held it because there wasn't much movement in it. And if you look at the charts and everything, like something was bound to happen. Something they, they, the weed sector was lagging. So you got to find the stocks that are that are kind of lagging out the patterns that haven't really been talked about much, but have some upcoming news. Um, and you got to scale in and out of them. So I think I scaled in and out of SNDL 10, 15 times. Just taking profit, getting a little profit here, a little profit there, a little profit here. Um, but then at one point, there was a position where I wanted to have, I, I wanted to create a swing on it. So your your first initial swing entry should never be your last, never. Um, you should always, I, I use a rule of thumb of going in with a quarter 
and adding quarters at a time. It could be a quarter, it could be a third. Yours could be a half. You, you could put, you could do one half um, one day, and if it dips, you buy the dip, create a full position, and go on from there. Never you should you ever create a position at at a high and think it's never going to go lower. Covered a lot today, um, as we always do, and as we will continue to do. We want to give you guys uh, what we're looking at. Pick of the week again. Manage your own risk. We are not advisors, but something that we like. Uh, mine is, ironically enough, Lit, L-L-I-T. Um, little background, uh, me, myself, after the whole Neo debacle, um, I promised myself I would never invest in another Chinese company. Um, not to quote our former president, but it comes from China. Um, but no, I, I like this one. They, they produce medical devices, not just in China, but around the world. Um, it's currently at about 1074. I got in it at around 8.50. The stock that I'm looking for right now is NXPD. So as we know, Bitcoin is approaching its all-time high. Um, it just crossed 50,000 earlier Monday, uh, Tuesday morning. So that was a huge milestone. It completely rejected 50. So in the next upcoming days, I'm expecting to see some huge moves either on the upwards or the downwards, but that's where I want to manage my own risk into um, NXTD and kind of look for the sympathy plays. So with NXTD, there's Riot, there's Mara, there's BNGO, all of that good stuff. And just also watching Bitcoin. All right. And I just, I, I'm just going to go back to uh, what we were talking about too real quick. Uh, one last point. Um, in, when it comes to like scaling out or selling out of your positions, Know the difference between stocks falling and because of like the market dipping or stock stocks falling because they're bad news. Um, so like so, something that like I've been paying attention to is and something that I've noticed is like FUBU, for example, has been moving. And, and I posted this in the chat in the chat the other day has been pretty much moving like perfectly in line with SPY. So like usually you can get a good sense of the market as a whole if you look at SPY and what it's trading at. If SPY is green on the day, chances are, you know, the, the bigger the bigger name stocks, you know, we're talking about Tesla's, we're talking about uh, Google's, Apple's, you know, uh, stocks to those extents, chances are those are also going to be green. Those stocks are important because those are, you know, those are the, the big stocks, the S&P 500 stocks. Those are, those are the stocks that have potentials to move the market as a whole. If Tesla drops $200 in a day, chances are like the whole market is going to tank. Um, so keeping an eye on SPY and how the stock positions that you're in as a whole and how they react, react, to, spy, uh, react to SPY has been something that's uh, kind of helped me. Honestly, like my stock is going to be the same exact stock uh, that I mentioned at the end of the ep uh, episode one. It's still going to be FUBU. Um, in the last five tra uh, trading days, there has been six SEC 13G filings. Um, if you don't know what the what a 13G is, uh, 13G by by Google definition, a 13G is basically just when um, it's an SEC filing that uh, is required when an, uh, a fund a, a company acquires more than five percent ownership in a particular uh, security. So uh, in the last five trading days, we saw six of these 13Gs in Fubu. Um, on February 9th, we saw Goldman Sachs take a 6.7% ownership. On two, uh, February 10th, 210, we saw Vanguard take a 6.57% ownership in FUBU. February 11th, 
Morgan Stanley has a 5.8% ownership. February 12th, Comcast, 9.3% ownership. February 16th, uh, I, hope I, I'm, I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Numara Holdings, 8.8% ownership. Um, and then we have February 16th, we have, I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Dragonier INV uh, took a 6.36% uh, ownership. Um, so over the past five days, we've seen 613 Gs. And, you know, if you sit back and you think, you know, if you think that you're smarter than some, you know, Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs, uh, you're probably not. Um, so even if, you know, you don't trust who you follow, you don't trust, you know, Reddit, you don't trust stock twits, you know, when you follow some of these insider buys um, and you see where big money is going, where uh, big money is parking, you know, their investments, that's usually a pretty good sign. And to see this many in this such a short amount of time is uh, super promising. Um, FUBU, to, since last podcast, it's te uh, technically, I believe, down a few dollars. I don't have the exact price. Um, it closed at $45.32 today. Um, and they do have earnings report, uh, earnings report coming up uh, March 2nd. Uh, the last time that they reported earnings, I believe, was November 15th. I could be off a few days, maybe a week or so. Um, but during that time, we saw FUBU jump roughly from about $12, $13 all the way up to $21 when they uh, announced um, their earnings. And kind of from there, that's when we really started to see slowly but surely that push to 63 So I hope uh, you know, I'm hoping for the same outcome with this one. I'm hoping that, you know, by earnings report, I do hope that we're over 50, but I hope that with this earnings report, um, you know, guidance throughout the rest of the year that we, we get that push to a hundred dollars. Uh, you know, you see other, other stocks related to in the sectors. You look at Netflix, you look at Roku, those are all trading, you know, bonkers. They're all hundreds of dollars. Um, and they don't include the, the sports gambling, the aspect that, you know, uh, FUBU wants to in integrate. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm just as bullish on FUBU as I am, you know, Roku or Netflix. I don't see why, you know, long-term FUBU can't reach those levels. I don't see what could prevent them from doing so. Yeah. Let's just fund our, uh, our, our local degenerates too. While we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Donnie, you want, you want to take us out right now? Absolutely. Listen, it was a great, great chat with you boys. Looking forward to, uh, was it 4 a.m. trading starts tomorrow morning? I ain't going to be up that early. I'll promise you that. But looking forward to, uh, to another good session tomorrow. As always, check out the Facebook page, Mike Will Financial. Join us three, our admins. We will accept you ASAP. Manage your own risk. Uh, and listen, go make yourself some fucking money. Talk to you all soon. Peace. I get so fat, call me Orbit. Orbit. Gotta wait for making a move and I be loaded. I make with me a friend or two, I make a move on you, nigga. I be loaded. Gotta wait to make them move as I be loaded. Why you watch your drink for it? I just told it. Still that same nigga in a foreign, but it's stolen. Ryan sporty, I can't control it. I'm doing fraud, got that bag, yeah, I'm transporting. I got that bag on me, nigga, like I'm transporting. He dropped the mist, take thought I would have reposed it. I ain't posted mist, take cause I don't fuck with shorty. I be booted to the morning, PM to the morning. My little wallet wanna bag him, he just wanna roll it. Hold up, nigga, don't you owe me? Yeah, you owe me, don't it? Like, I'm an island of events on how I stay rolling.
tryna diss me. I need you six feet. She said she miss me. Then she wanna kiss me. Damn, I'm so crispy.